Watch out, you stop! Through! Out of the way! Out of the way! What have you done? What have you done? Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. She thinks she can lose us, Julia. She thinks she can lose us in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 26, which begins with Rictus offering his assessment of the situation, and it ends with the war rig sideswiping Nux's car. Joining us once again to make sure we don't get too spirited away are Richard Dunham and Chieko Dunham <laughs> from the Studio Ghibli Minute. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> It's always a lot of fun having you two on. Yeah. We start off today's minute with a really cool sweeping shot across Joe's fleet. We've seen a couple of these before, but this one, I think, really highlights the fact that there are just a ton of vehicles and they're racing headlong towards a very serious natural occurrence. You think they'd be slowing down, but no, as long as the Giga Horse is thundering forward... And the doof wagons behind it, they're just going to keep on following. That's what the war fleet does. Well, this looks like a big deal to us. We don't really know how big a deal this is to them. Sure, if they had a choice, they wouldn't go into it. But how often do they see these big storms? And how many times have they experienced them and gone inside? And maybe it's not that big a deal to them. I was wondering that myself. Like, do any of these storms actually sweep over the citadel? I would assume Mm. so. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. (laughs) it's a hard world out there yeah (laughs) it's hard out there for a war boy it's a hard knock life for us really truly i was struck when i was watching this minute by the red smoke from like at the beginning one of the first like the second car we see or something in this oh yeah it lets out a bunch of exhaust which is it comes out red and then it turns black Hmm. Do you think it's a signal? That's what I was wondering. Is it like a signal or is it just like some condition of the engine? I did notice like later on some other very vivid reds. Yeah. And I assume that this whole movie was color treated. Okay. So I see what you're talking about. This, I think, is just flamage that has been color treated post-production. Flamage Mm. that we have seen before has been similarly this really bright, vivid red. Okay, so that's actually flame. Yes. Is flamage a word? It is now. I feel like it should be. <laughs> if okay. it's not, it really should be. Okay. Yeah. Because that's not the first time I've used that word, but I've never used it in a serious setting. Mm-hmm. I would never say that word at work, reporting to my boss. I would never use the word flamage. No, this but... isn't a serious setting? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you say you would never use that word, but if you had a claim where something blew up, you'd be like, hey, this thing blew up probably because there is too much flamage involved. (laughs) It sounds like it would fit. Yeah. Or if there was like some like really acrimonious email exchange. (laughs) Some kind of flame war. (laughs) That sounds more like my office. Yeah. (laughs) Now I want to use the word plume in some situation. Like 
back forming from plumage. I think the word plume is a good way to describe what is produced by a flamethrower. Yeah. You pull the trigger on one of those things and it produces a nice plume. Nice plume oh, of Oh yeah, fire. that's right. A plume of flame. A plume of flameage. <laughs> <laughs> but plumage is a word. Plumage made of flame, yes. Plumage. Well, then you've got to really just start taking <laughs> care of your birds better. Yeah, yes. really. <laughs> I have no smooth transition to get into this, but we see the Giga Horse and the Bigfoot, which is Rictus Erectus's vehicle, and they're thundering across the wasteland at the head of the fleet. And Rictus has a sudden realization. Something clicks in his head, and he realizes what's going on as the war rig is racing towards this storm. And he looks over to the Giga Horse, and he shouts, She thinks she can lose us, Dad. She thinks we're stupid. She thinks <laughs> she can lose us in there. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah. So this is Giga Horse. I'm sure you've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. We the have Immortan a bit, Joe's yeah. Head, uh, his um, flagship vehicle. There we go. Yeah, it's like three grills and two windshields. That's crazy. And thing that I noticed, I wonder, like all of these vehicles look like they're put together from cars or trucks of a certain age. Like... There seems to be, I wonder if there's like a cutoff year where they weren't using, you know, I I don't see like, where's the Ford Taurus? You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm not really a car person, so I may say things that are inaccurate, but cars are no longer made of like metal anymore, right? Like the outer shell is other plasticky type stuff now, right? Yeah. I can't imagine that those... Bits would really survive very well in a post-apocalyptic era. So Mm. I think they're going for the stuff that's a little bit older back when cars were like all metal. A little bit more sturdy. Yes. Yeah. And had better style. Who wants to put a Ford Taurus on anything? (laughs) Yeah. As soon as the apocalypse hits, all Fords are going in the river. Seriously. (laughs) No one is going to keep their Ford around. Doesn't fit the aesthetic. I like that it works, but I just don't like how it looks. So it's going in the river. (laughs) They built the Giga Horse using Cadillacs from the 1950s. No one is going to use a Cadillac from 1990. Because cars from 1990 are... Like, all 90s cars are ugly in my eyes. Yeah. 80s and 90s was not a good time for cars. Yeah. No. So it's not, you don't think it's like because like in in the universe, like in the timeline of this universe, like the apocalypse happened before, you know, like like in 1982. So that's why we see no vehicles, like no post-1982 vehicles or something like that. Well, we are technically operating under the same timeline as the original three movies, which would put the end of the world, like you said, right about the mid 80s yeah, in the 80s. universe. And I imagine you want to stick with the older cars because they are just more mechanical in nature. Mm. They don't have any of those oh, yeah. electronics getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you put like a computer on the, in the car mm-hmm. right, that you have to use to diagnose any issues and stuff like that. Yeah. You think it's frustrating driving around with a check engine light on now? Oof. Ugh. Low tire pressure? Yeah. Oh, Imagine God. being stuck in the post-apocalypse. 
you're fighting to survive and you got your car that you've managed to keep running and every time you turn it on you get that little ding low tire pressure at put that on point your seat belt. put on your seatbelt yeah, yeah at that point like you have no tires left you've replaced them with like rubber husks filled with rags there's no pressure to be had and the thing is still just broken it's a broken sensor what are you going to do so yeah that brings up another thing that i was wondering kind of is on a tangent so we've got gas town we've got bullet farm is there like a you know like a rubber plantation <laughs> or like tire town oh my god tire town <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a david Byrne sound it's a tire town <laughs> I imagine Tire Town, like, when I was little and, like, my mom took me to the DMV, I got, like, a coloring page to keep me occupied because I'm a child in a place where, like, usually you wait for, like, 30 minutes or so. I'm going to get bored. And it was, like, I had to color in, like, a picture of, like, a tire with, like, these big eyes with, like, small pupils. <laughs> and it was, like, it had, like, arms and it would wave to me. And it's, like, hi, I'm Tony the Tire or whatever. <laughs> That's the mascot of Tire Town. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I want to see. That's a great point. I want to see, like, how every every prefecture in Japan has a mascot. Yeah. I want to see the mascot of Bullet Farm and the mascot of Gaston. <laughs> oh, we we know the mascot for the Citadel. It's tattooed on everybody's neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> well, not just tattooed, burned. Yeah. Which you guys have Brandy, prior yeah. experience yeah. with. Things being burned into flesh. Uh. <laughs> That's right. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't think we'd talk about that again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this time around, we know definitively how those brands get on people. There's no superheated typewriter. It's just a brand <laughs> on the end of a stick. Very low tech. Yeah. Keep it simple sort of thing. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I appreciate how Immortan Joe is not humoring Rictus because Joe is focused on a task at hand and he's not the kind of father who will turn around and be like, yes, Rictus, she's trying to lose us in the storm. Thank you. (laughs) He's like, no, I've got a job. I'll let him shout, but just block it out. Stay focused. (laughs) Plus, I think he's being fueled by anger right now. Like he's furious that they stole from him. So he's just going to keep going no matter what. I like the makeup look he's styling, the black eyeshadow up to his eyebrows, and then like the <laughs> the red under his eyes. Just appreciate that makeup. <laughs> I think it's it does its job in being intimidating. It's a bold look. Work it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of like the eyeshadow that oh, what's his name? It was in the Dark Knight series. Batman? Yeah, that Batman, whatever his actor's <laughs> name was. I'm so bad with names like that. You had to like like the, put on like the eye black that Christian Bale must have put around his eyes yeah. before he puts on the mask. Yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the Dark Knight Minute guys, they talk uh, on their podcast about how there's a bit of a continuity error because every time you see him without the mask, he's cleaned up that eye makeup. <laughs> <laughs> It's like magic. Like you take off the mask and the eye makeup goes away. You put the mask back on and suddenly you've got that eye makeup again. If only it worked like that, really. (laughs) Even though we get to see at the beginning of this movie them applying the white paint to Joe's body, we don't get to see the Imperator with the little makeup brush applying the eye makeup. (laughs) 
Because that's his secret. Which I think is a real shame, because part of the Immortans look is that bold eye makeup that he's got going on there. Yeah, maybe he just sleeps with it on, which is not okay. <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> I do like how Rick this is, as you pointed out, uh, Rick, he's just like, are we there yet? Are we there? <laughs> are we there yet? He's that kind of kid. And I'm sure, I'm sure Morton Joe has like built up that defense of ignoring the kid who says that all the time. He has a higher standard of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so is this, this is the first time we see Miss Kitty in the car? I think it might be, might be the, the second? second time. Yeah. We saw her in the car before. Do we know why they took her with? Oh, they took her with. Because it is more of a punishment to be dragged out into the wasteland and have to breathe all of that just dirty, dry air because she's having a miserable time. Like, there's a reason they keep putting that oxygen mask on her face because she has spent all of her time recently in that very climate controlled dome uh, okay. where Joe kept the wives. And so the fact that she's out there, like, it hurts to breathe, basically. Uh, okay. So they are specifically torturing her. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling out from just focusing on Joe in the Giga Horse, we get to see a, an extreme wide shot. And we're slowly pulling out from focusing on the war rig and the other vehicles, just pulling out to see the full scale of this toxic storm that we're driving into. Yeah. For me personally, this is kind of a roll credits moment because this is the shot that we have been using as our... I know we put it on our business card, but we've been using it as our, our Facebook banner for quite some time. I think oh, so. Nice. Yeah. So for me, it's like roll credits. <laughs> this is this, it. This is the epic shot yeah. that embodies this movie. This is probably the most fake looking shot for me <laughs> in the movie. This is the shot that threatens the most to take me out of the picture with like, oh, that's obviously a computer generated but i remember this shot in the trailer and the trailer just this is the point it was just ramping up oh my god it's another mad max movie oh look at that oh look at that and then it just hits this crescendo of F of this shot so even though it is you know you look at it it's like well there's obviously that's not a practical effect obviously that's computer generated <laughs> right I am still 100% here for it. Yeah. And while this storm specifically is not practical by any means, I will remind people that at the end of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, when we were flying in the air truck with Jedediah and the tribe who left, they were flying along the edge of a sandstorm because big storms like this, not maybe to this scale, but they are absolutely a thing that happens. There was a gigantic one most recently in 2009 that swept across most of Eastern Australia with just giant walls of specifically dust. Like it got whipped up in the desert by, I think it was like a cold front coming down and it picked up a bunch with heavy winds and just laid waste to everything in its path. And we actually get them here in the United States as well. Are either of you familiar with something called a haboob? No. No. That is what 
people in Arizona call dust storms. And they will blow up. Oh, okay. They will wind up. They'll Whip up. They'll be generated <laughs> by wind <laughs> and dust. As it goes across the desert, it picks up very fine particulated sand. Because sandstorms, yeah, it's like you're driving through a sandblaster. But dust storms, it's just very light material, very densely packed in a cloud. And it will roll across the landscape as a literal wall of brown sand. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dirt everywhere. And it will yeah. blot out the sun. It'll make it extremely hard to travel. If the wind is whipping perpendicular to the road, it makes driving very hazardous. Yeah. It's not good, is yeah. what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Did anybody else think of the uh, the old woman in uh, The Phantom Menace who tells Anakin that... Oh, my bones are aching. Storm's coming up, honey. You better get home quick. Remember that one? Isn't she like, oh, I feel yeah. it in my bones. Exactly. <laughs> it's very easy to picture her as one of the civilians in the Citadel. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. One of the wretched. Or maybe that's what maybe that's what uh, Miss Kitty is muttering right now. <laughs> in the back one. of the gig horse. Best be getting home, Annie. <laughs> Best be getting home, Immortan Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> Heading into this storm at the forefront is obviously the war rig, but the war rig is not alone. They still have Nux, and aside from Nux, there's a motorcycle and a 68 Holden Monaro equipped with a couple of war boys and a flamethrower, and they're trying to move up on the right side of the war rig. Meanwhile, Nux is moving around to the left. So they're going for some sort of war boy pincer movement here. Yeah. Meanwhile, Max is very focused on something. We get a close-up of him and he's squinting and he's shuffling around. He's trying to get his hands out of the shackles that are holding him in place. And when we get a close-up on the shackles, they're a lot simpler than I expected. They're just a couple of bars bent in a C-shape with a single rod going through both of those clamps. And it's not nearly as complicated as I guess I imagined, but it's also simple enough that it's very believable. So yeah. before we see that, Slit yells out. Oh, yeah. Something that, that sounds like a slur. Fang. Yeah. As in tooth. Fang it. Fang, Fang it. it. Which we have heard before in this movie. Furiosa used it. Oh, she did. She did. And the context in which she used it, it's actually almost exactly the same as Slit uses it. Meaning we're just going to move forward that was when Ace asked her, hey, should we drive these buzzards back yes. into the war party? Yes. Nothing us. is going to stop us. We're just going to push our way through. Okay. So she Let's says, fang this. it. Okay. Yeah. Fang it. You're going to yep. take a bite out of it. So it's kind of like a Battlestar Galactica kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Frack it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to my point about the shackles, it's a shame that Max is focusing so much on his right hand, because if he was focusing more on the left, he'd be really close. It looks like there's a pin that you unscrew from the end of the rod, and oh, once you get yeah. that pin out of the way, then you can just throw that left hand out, and then you're free. Yeah. But he's groping around blind. He had a 50-50 chance of getting it right, and, well, the odds were not in his favor. Yeah. I'm very uncomfortable with... The amount of what I believe is blood that is 
on his wrist and on the shackle. Yeah. I'm assuming it's because in pulling this off, he is hurting himself. And that makes me squeamish. Mm. Yeah, just like the concept of like, just the entire time blood is flowing out of his body is just making me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very squeamish as well. So so he's not he's not going to get like a pack of cookies and an orange juice. <laughs> No. 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 (laughs) It does also show us that he has been working on this for a little while. Oh, it does. My first thought was that now he sees that there is a more immediate threat in front of him of the sandstorm. It's time for him to start thinking about freeing himself. No, he's been doing this the whole time. We just Mm. haven't seen it until now. Yeah, it's one thing to have road debris kicked up and pelting you. It's another thing to be in a sandstorm with tornadoes and lightning and not have any sort of protection at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's step away from Max for a moment because we need to go back to the war rig, which is just a little sad the more and more that I think of it because now that the buzzards are done, Ace comes back to Furiosa's window and we've been talking here and there over the course of these weeks about Ace and Furiosa having a pre-established partnership that they've been working together for a while that... Furiosa gives Ace vague answers, but never lies to him right out. The fact that they've had this long-term partnership, and now they've gotten to a point where Ace is like, Hey, buzzards are done. Are we going to slow down, turn around, and go back to the Citadel forces? Whatever plan was in action, it's got to be done now. Can we go? And the answer is no, they can't go. And the timing of Ace's question of is this over? Why can't you stop? And Nux pulling up next to Furiosa's window and yelling out to Ace for him to move so Mm -hmm. that Nux can get a clear shot and shoot Furiosa. So those two moments combined give it away to Ace. Yeah. He understands now. Is it clear that he hears Nux? I kind of think he does not hear Nux, although there have been other examples of people being able to hear each other yell that just that's not reasonable. <laughs> no. So it's hard to tell if in the context of the story he could hear him. I think it's enough that Nux is, is there aiming a gun yeah. at Furiosa. You mean it's as believable as people like yelling from a glider to another airship? Oh my god. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> There's a reason the crow's nest has a phone on that airship. It's because it's loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. I love the airships in those Miyazaki movies. They're so cool. <laughs> I agree. They are very cool. At slight tangent, did you guys see um, Mortal Engines? No, Not didn't yet. end up going to see it. I think we're waiting for Netflix at this point. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I wanted to play that Final Fantasy game <laughs> by the end of it. It's like, yeah, I want to spend, I want to spend 40 hours in this world of moving cities. And, and there's plenty of airships in that one, too. Yeah. We yeah. wanted to do a collaboration with the folks over at Lord of the Rings Minute. Oh. Sit down, because it's post-apocalyptic, yep. crazy vehicles, and Peter Jackson. And Hugo Weaving's there, too. Yeah. So Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah anything for a paycheck for that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's been in some real stingers over the years yeah but by all means he's getting a paycheck so that's that's always good 
Yeah, have us on for those airship minutes. We'll be there to help out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Ace, he puts two and two together, finally gets four. He's been putting two and two together for these last couple of weeks, and he keeps getting one and three and five, and now he's getting it right. And he just seems to switch in an instant Yeah, from being suspicious to being outright hostile. Yeah, he chokes Furiosa out, just outright. I think he's a good lieutenant. Like, he's a good, like, you know, tactical commander, right? I mean, we saw him in the last minute, you know, call out for people to focus on the hydraulics. And so I think it fits with his character that he's, like, assessing a situation kind of mid-action and making an immediate decision and following through on that decision. So this kind of flip for him where he's like, is this what's happening? Yes, it's what's happening. I'm going to take action. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he's more loyal to Joe than he is to Furiosa. Yes, he has a loyalty to her as an Imperator, as we assume the captain of the War Boys on that war rig. But at the end of the day, if the Imperator directly above you rebels against the God King that you serve, well, one trumps the other. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Chain of command is broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he starts fighting and Furiosa pulls him out and then jabs him square in the middle of the face with the end of her gun and sends him flopping away from the window. He manages yeah. to hold on. He loses a lot of blood from yeah, like his mouth. This is another instance where I see, okay, that is color collected red. <laughs> yeah. But it's very it vivid yeah. red. I just, I like saw like that blood for like half a second and I was like, oh no. <laughs> And I wonder if the blood was added to digitally. Probably. I would yeah. assume so, yeah. We were just watching a little bit of uh, Zatoichi, the Beat oh, Takeshi yeah. version yeah, uh, from 2003. And that was like 2003 was right when like the digital effects really started to take off. And they basically they used it in that movie just to add a lot more blood splatter. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> obvious, but... yeah. It would be really tricky to put a little blood packet in the middle of his face and then have Charlize there and yeah. hit it squarely. It'd be easier to take a few minutes and do it digitally. You could put it at the end of the gun and maybe she could like flip some switch. Trigger something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that would be a lot more explosive than just like this stream that just yeah. goes up. That's true. Yeah, it's a digital squib. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. <laughs> And with Ace out of the way, Nux is now clear to take a shot. And so he squeezes off one of the shells and it glances harmlessly off the door because Nux is trying to drive, aim, and shoot all at the same time. He's good at driving. We'll give him that. But he's no marksman. No. And Furiosa, because she does not appreciate being shot at, I'm sure, takes a hard left and just digs into the Nux car with the rig and it is a really hard hit yeah it almost knocks him over Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the rear wheels have protection against shredding they've got the stuff sticking out it's all pointy and jagged and whatnot and that rips into nux's front tire and we're gonna see the effects of that when we come back on friday i did uh notice that slit has remarkably straight teeth (laughs) (laughs) It's weird, you know, that was something I noticed. I was watching The Godfather 2 the other day, and I noticed that Diane Keaton, right, is the lead there. You can see that uh, she had, like, a lot of fillings, like, in the back of her mouth. I found that kind of 
interesting you don't dental it's just the this the state of dental science kind of tracks uh the production uh year of movies but yeah they've got some they've got some good dentistry at the citadel i guess <laughs> something they excel at we've got well, no think of with the branding and everything we've got teeth on the break oh that's right maybe he's wearing dentures yeah maybe that's where he puts them <laughs> well if your rallying war cry is fang it you yeah. better have nice teeth yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right that's all i had. all right so we'll put a pin in things for today coming up on friday nux loses a tire furiosa drives headlong into the storm and slit needs to shift some weight off of the front end the Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 26 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.